Welcome to Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Visionaries Global Media, envisioning excellence on a global scale. Tonight on the Band from Ringside podcast, controversy going into WrestleMania 40 uh, regarding The Rock, Cody Rhodes, and Roman Reigns. We got a triple threat at the next AEW pay-per-view with Samoa Joe, Hangman Page, and Swerve Strickland. Your NXT Vengeance recap that and a whole bunch more tonight on the Band from Ringside podcast. Ditch that nine to five. It's time to feel alive. Hello, Mark. So welcome to the Band from Ringside podcast. As always, I'm your host, Bill Vagy, a.k.a. Val Venustein's Day. And out there in Portland, <laughs> Oregon, we have Two Beers, Zach Pullman. What's going on, Two Beers, Zach? Oh, uh, man, just like I told you, uh, whenever you called me, uh, I'm super worked up. I feel like I need a cigarette. Like, I'm, like, riding a high that I feel like only pro wrestling can give me. Um, it's like it just pings all the dopamine receptors and whenever wrestling's good there's nothing better and god damn it it was really good this week yeah it was really good this week uh no jason cornelius bell uh he's got some shit going on so we will eagerly await his thoughts on this uh rock situation next week i don't know it feels like this is two podcasts in a row and there was big rock news where jason didn't show up and jason is the biggest rock fan i know so there's only one thing you can call it unprofessional bullshit uh vice might be showing up here later so it's just me and zach uh tonight uh for the most part, I'm sitting here in beautiful St. Charles, Missouri. He's out there in Portland, Oregon. Just a couple of single dads had to start this late because uh, a couple dad of the year contenders um, taking care while their uh, women are out <laughs> partying, gallivanting. Um, Wouldn't it be funny if Jason was the Rock and he just like had like a belt buckle that he just like twisted and he turned into Rocky <laughs> Miami? That's why he's not here. <laughs> We just got done with the presser. So, obviously, that, I mean, it has been like, I, I feel like I can get hyperbolic on here sometimes. I know that I'm guilty of it and I will own it. But I've always said that uh, I'm such a big wrestling fan because it's the strangest thing that exists in pop culture and American culture. There's just really nothing like it. And the shit that went down this week, just a fascinating week. Of professional wrestling the shit that went down with the rock and cody um there's no way that you could make anybody who's not a wrestling fan make sense of this like there's no way that they could understand how or why it happened and why it's such a big deal but that's what zach and i are here to do so without further ado let's get to that three count Okay, so we're going to start Friday night, Friday night SmackDown, one day after we record the last podcast, and, you know, we could have done a podcast on Saturday morning uh, about the segment on that happened Friday night, and then we could have done a podcast on Tuesday morning after Raw, And but luckily we're doing it right now, which is just after uh, the WrestleMania 40 presser that took place in Las Vegas, but let's do this in order. So Friday night... Um, at the, the last segment of SmackDown, uh, Roman Reigns comes down, Cody Rhodes' music plays, Cody Rhodes comes down to seemingly uh, 
you know, announce his intentions to face Roman Reigns in the main event at WrestleMania 40 as the Royal Rumble winner, which is his right. Um, Cody kind of gives a speech saying that he wants, while he wants to finish his story and while he wants to uh, take the belt away from Roman, what he really wants to do is take everything away from Roman. And he said that he sought counsel, and I'm paraphrasing all this, obviously. I mean, it took a few minutes, but he said he sought counsel. Rock's music plays. The Rock comes down and... um, Hugs Cody, says something in uh, Cody's ear, and uh, then SmackDown goes off the air with The Rock and Roman Reigns staring each other down. You know what's hilarious? Yeah. Uh, You described that in about 45 seconds. That took 25 minutes. Yes, I mean, and 20 of it was (laughs) Roman's entrance. I mean, let's be honest. Seriously, I'm not even exaggerating. That was 25 minutes of television, like, between all the entrances and just the staring. (laughs) That's, I mean, that's pretty much it, though, right? I mean, I, I don't think I forgot anything. Um, no, not at all. It seemed to me that something happened on SmackDown. I got a text from Tender Mahal. Uh, I saw that friend of the show, uh, Michael Wallace Seals, said something on Friends of BFR on Facebook. And I saw that, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to avoid this because I know tomorrow morning I'm going to be able to watch it while I'm making pancakes and doing whatever fucking dad of the year shit that I'm doing. Um, <laughs> and I watch it. And my initial thought was, this is where we were always going. Um, the Rock came out a couple weeks ago or a couple month ago before the Royal Rumble and said, I uh, mentioned that head of the table thing in his promo. And I just thought this is where we were going. I thought that it was strange that Cody came out to basically hand over his WrestleMania main event slot to uh, The Rock, but maybe in their mind they were thinking, well, this is a way that fans won't turn on it because it's Cody and kayfabe doing it for The Rock. Boy, was I wrong. I did not see this reaction coming. I'll be completely honest. People were pissed. Um, The Rock started getting booed. Memes started going around about how The Rock is stealing this from him, about how uh, let Cody finish his story, all these hashtags. People were pissed about this. Um, The Grammys were on, and We Want Cody was the number one hashtag. It's unbelievable. Um, Monday night, I'm going to get your thoughts on it here in a second, Zach. I just want to say that Monday night I had to tune in to the first segment because I figured Cody was going to be on it. Cody came out, got a massive ovation, and any mention of The Rock's name was getting booed. I noticed that Michael Cole was kind of playing into The Rock getting booed. They were playing into uh, people wanting the the Cody Rhodes-Roman Reigns match that they were seemingly promised. Um Zach, what were your thoughts on this? When did you watch SmackDown? And were you as surprised as I was at the backlash? I watched uh, SmackDown on Saturday also. I don't ever watch it live. Um, I always just forget. It's like Friday, and then I get off work, and I'm just fucking not doing that. Uh, But it's like my Saturday morning ritual. I watch SmackDown. I listen to Observer Radio. and just, yeah, do dishes and shit and uh, do laundry. But uh, anyway, enough of that of the year shit. Um, <laughs> but we are, uh, I watched it then and I commented on that post on Friends of BFR and I was like, 
dude, I really hope this is a work because I am getting worked up and I love it because they got me fully invested in this because I was just so against it, right? Like WWE lately has been very good. They have built up a lot of good faith, but almost my entire life before that, they had no goodwill. So uh, it is very difficult. It's almost like Stockholm Syndrome where maybe that's a bad analogy given like all the fucking recent like actual real world shit with Vince but like <laughs> it's almost like this like bad relationship that you're in where like they show you glimpses of how great it could be but then they often remind you that that's just not how it is uh, but it, it, it's been better and this seemed like something that we would have seen a few years ago that was tone deaf and they're just bringing in um the rock who is only coming back because Hollywood has kind of turned on him. He's not like Hollywood's darling. Like he once was, uh, you know, he failed with the, the, um, DC universe. And like, he's just really had some, like, he's really taken some lumps um, for being this huge megastar multimillionaire. So he's going to go back and he's going to do the thing for sure. That's going to get him cheered. And it was just seemed very tone deaf. And I do not think that they were expecting, I did not think at the time that they were expecting that reaction. Um, so that was kind of like my thought process. And then Monday it was St. Louis, uh, Raw, which um, I did not realize, but. Uh, I didn't, know, until, I didn't know, I did not know until I was watching it that it was in town. Yeah. Um, so yeah, St. Louis did me proud with the, the We Want Cody and the Rocky Sucks. Like Michael Cole's even like, what is this, 1996? Because like, that's really like, uh, for people who were not watching then, Rocky Maivia was like a baby face that the crowd hated because he was getting shoved down our throats. And then he wasn't popular until so he became a heel. Uh, so there was a lot of Rocky sucks chance. There was even die Rocky die chance, unfortunately. I'm glad we didn't bring those back. Uh, but anyway, um, I was invested fully in this thinking that this was absolute bullshit and that Cody Rhodes um, is like, the unluckiest like superstar in the world. That's where I was at Monday um, with this. So there are there is so many ways, so many angles to attack this story from because you and I saw it completely different. Uh, you saw it. Uh, it it seems like you saw it for how it actually played out. I was compl- I I am still completely thrown off by it a little bit just because the rock's popularity has never waned i mean he is he in every appearance that he's had on wwe television last year i think there's been two but they were both surprises and they happened on even smackdown i mean there was a huge pop but i mean people hop when people pop when they hear rock's music but his popularity has never waned um there is already a story there with The Rock and Roman Reigns, uh, them being from the same family, which they played into fucking brilliantly at the presser. Just brilliantly. Uh, they couldn't have done it better, uh, I say, as I watched it about an hour ago. But I just thought that, because I really do think that Rock versus Roman, like my my thoughts are right there on the Facebook page. I posted it, so I can't lie about this. Like, my thoughts were, this is the only decision WWE can make. Rock versus Roman. Roman's been champion for a thousand days or something, 
and The Rock is one of their biggest stars of all time, and he is certainly the biggest crossover star that they've ever had, by far and away. It's not even close. So I did not expect the crowd to turn on it like this. Now, at the time when I posted that, and Zach Zach brought this up on Facebook on the conversation, you said, yeah, but why'd they have Cody win the Rumble? And it's like, oh, yeah. Why did they have Cody win the Rumble? Do you think that there's any possibility, Zach, that w- that this is planned by WWE? I will give them, uh, I'd say, 30% chance that they planned the entire thing. I think it's more likely that they brilliantly pivoted with that backlash. I think that nobody would expect, because Rock and Roman is the biggest match that you can make, I do not think that anyone expected the fans to turn on it, though, and I think they put Cody out there to give it to him exactly like you said, because, well, they're like, if Cody's okay with it, then we're okay with it. Let's watch Rock versus Roman. Yes. But the fans were like, fuck no, this is 2024. We've been watching this dude his entire career. He left, he changed the wrestling world. And then he came back and he's been the biggest baby face in the company. He's been the biggest star in the company. And to steal a line from him at the press conferences, I don't want to get jump ahead. He's like, you guys might have been sitting at the head of the table for the last two years, but you haven't done any of the cooking. And good, it's a good line. It's a good line. It was a great line. And I think the fans recognize that. And, but I will give them, give them a bit of a doubt. I think, I think it's like 30-70. And if they did do it, this was like the absolute – brilliant it was a brilliant move and they really did do a fantastic job of what Vince had been trying to do for a long time and failing which was create a Daniel Bryan movement and they absolutely did it um this is like we want Cody is the new yes movement uh and he's just the purest baby face they've had in a very 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 long time yeah, I mean, they, they're doing something that Vince never would have done, which is pivot. Vince would have rode it until he had no other choice. Yep. Um, and He's it, like Principal Skinner. He's like, it's not me, it's the kids who are wrong. Right, and they have leaned into it, uh, I would say. I was surprised that Michael Cole was bringing it up on Monday night. It was strange to me. I was like, I figured – I and. That's probably part of the syndrome that you were talking about earlier, the Stockholm syndrome or whatever. It's like I expected them to just try to hammer their way through it, and to their it's credit, gaslight us. And to their credit, they're they're not doing it. They're going with it. Um, so, I mean, there's so much to say. When set, so let's get to the presser, and then we'll we'll talk about it. Um, because it's a podcast, and we talk about wrestling. But um, <laughs> so. At the presser tonight, which just happened, uh, Rollins comes out first. Roman comes out. They have some banter back and forth. It's like, wait a minute. Are they going to pivot to these guys facing each other at WrestleMania? Like, it looks like they're in a legit feud with each other. And um, and when I say legit, I don't mean shoot. I mean, it looks like they're booking them in a feud together. Roman comes out, talks some shit. He says, you guys don't get to... WWE doesn't get to choose. I get to choose. I choose The Rock. The Rock comes out, and I don't know. I was paying very close attention to how The Rock uh, received those boos because his name was booed the entire night, 
even in the pre-show with Michael Cole and Pat McAfee and Punk and Big E, his name was getting booed, and they booed him, and they booed him pretty good. What did you think about Rock's reactions to getting booed? Man, um, this like I was whenever I was into the 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 banter between Seth and Roman because you could tell that there wasn't like a full script going on, so there there was some reality in there there was you know some some improv going on well when roman yeah. reigns mentioned seth rollins on smackdown there was no no, no reaction at all and oh. roman reigns goes that's what i thought no pop yeah, and dude buried and, him. and it's it it obviously stuck in seth's craw <laughs> i mean he, he's brought it up like four times already Oh yeah, yeah. Like St. Louis came out in St. Louis. Like I'd call that a pop, and then he he, he was really getting in. But yeah, I was into that. And then The Rock came out, and that's whenever I texted you guys in the group chat because I had not seen it yet. I was watching about half an hour delay, and I was like, "This is fascinating." Yes, because it was it reminded me of Hogan Rock, like whenever they just started listening to the crowd, and they did the double turn during the match. It was like he was listening to see which direction they were going to go, and he was going to lean into it either way. Also a situation where The Rock unexpectedly got booed. Yep. And it, and they pivoted, and they leaned into it, and it ended up being great. So, and, uh, yeah. let's, talk, let's talk about The Rock at this presser, because he was fucking on one. Like, it's the best acting of his career. He was fucking great in this presser he he was kind of seething but still trying to look cool and then he goes i know you're you're not you're not you might not want to see it you might hate it but you will respect it and then he showed and then on the big screen behind them is the entire family tree and it said the like, blood drew gulak help you with this promo <laughs> <laughs> and it's got it says the bloodline underneath it and it's got 60 names on it right and Rock talks about how his grandpa and Roman's grandpa made a blood oath with each other. Uh, basically, I guess the implication was the blood oath was we are going to run wrestling. We are going to be a wrestling family. And he goes, this is our family. And this is the truth that the, this is the what they saw or whatever. Um, what did you think about the family tree coming out? <laughs> that, was, that was unexpected. Um, that was definitely the weirdest part of the whole thing. Um, there was a lot of strangeness uh, to this because, as you mentioned uh, very adroitly, because it's the same reason I love wrestling, there is nothing stranger in pop culture. So there was a lot of strangeness and a lot to unpack here. But I did not expect a PowerPoint presentation of a family tree. And Rock, uh, the one thing I loved about it was whenever he presented it, he presented it as the royal family of wrestling. Uh, and I was like, man, if there's ever been a fucking cue to drop, you know, the, the music, that was it. But they didn't do the music. They didn't do the music. Cody cuts in, says, hold on a second, comes up and starts, uh, you know, saying that's his. it's his right to pick his, uh, to pick the championship that he wants to challenge for at WrestleMania. And he's standing up there. So Seth's kind of the forgotten man, but he's still on stage. So I, I'm going to come back to that because I think that's important. By the way, you also see Rock and Seth on stage together, which you haven't really thought about, you know? I've never really thought about the Rock's relationship to Seth Rollins. But 
it was also cool to see them standing up there together. But uh, Cody uh, mentions the line that Zach said before about uh, you're, head, you're at the head of the table, but neither one of you has done the cooking. Um, Roman says, you're going to be irrelevant, just like your dad. And then, so he invokes Cody's father, and then Cody talks about how Roman's ancestors would be ashamed. And that's when The Rock steps in. And The Rock says, when you're talking about his family, you're talking about my family. When you're talking about his ancestors, you're talking about my ancestors. And he grits his teeth and pounds his chest. And I was like, oh, fuck. That's good shit. And it was believable. And then Rock said to Cody, and now we have a problem. Rock smacks Cody across the face. People start breaking it up. Tremendous shit. Seth. Oh, and, I mean, besides the Triple H and uh, Adam Pierce and Nick Aldis, Nick Aldis and Paul Heyman are all, like, the peanut gallery in the back. Yes. And they all did a fantastic job of, like, this seemed very real. Um, if you were not a wrestling fan and you just tuned in with this, you would be you would think you were watching like an MMA presser or something uh, because you're like holy shit these guys fucking hate each other yes yes Seth comes to Cody's aid it's kind of like fuck you and then I was like hold on a second are we gonna get a tag team <laughs> match at elimination yeah. chamber between Cody and Seth and the rock and Roman because sign me the fuck up for that dude um I still don't know where we're going um if I had to guess, I would say that we're going towards a triple threat match at WrestleMania between Cody, The Rock, and Roman. There's nine weeks left before WrestleMania. Lots of story left to tell, and they are putting uh, – there's a lot of meat on the bone, and that's a credit to WWE. Um, what do you think we're getting at WrestleMania? I think we're doing the triple threat. I, you know, somebody pointed out online that triple threats tend to happen on the uh, – WrestleMania is where there's 10, like 10, 20, 30, 40. So uh, that's kind of a fun tradition, especially because they made it kind of like really just really work. I don't, I wasn't watching for 30 or 20. So I don't remember those scenarios. I don't know how organically that came about. But. Um, so 20 was HBK, Triple H, and Benoit. And uh, that was when the match. I, I, just, I didn't watch the build. Yeah. Um, the thing was basically the same thing with Daniel Bryan that Benoit and Guerrero were good, but they were B plus players. And uh, both of them walked away with the belts at WrestleMania 20. WrestleMania 30 was uh, Yes Mania. Um, is The Rock going to find another match before WrestleMania? I was going to say no until tonight. And man, they really made it look like there was going to be a tag. Um, and I, I'm with you. I love, I love Seth, uh, kind of coming to Cody's aid. I'm like, it reminded me of like some like anime shit, uh, that I would watch where like people are like, uh, really like rivals and they fight so many times that eventually they team up against the big bad, um, you know, and like go on the baby face side against the villain. Um, it was super fun and Seth looked great because it was, he, like you said, he, he was like the fourth man he, it, there for a minute because he was the first out. It was kind of like he was the guy that 
thought it was going to be a good idea to involve his wife in like a threesome. But then like once like they got into the room, like she was just more into everybody else and he was just kind of <laughs> off to the side and he's like, oh, fuck. But like he ended up really coming out like looking, smelling like roses again because he was super scrappy. Uh, he was really, I mean, he was getting in the rock space. Like he was very believable with the cursing. He was saying, uh, you know, I don't give a shit that you're on the board. You can't just walk in here whenever you want to. We're here every day. You know, just like that's believable shit because that sounds like the Seth Rollins that we've seen for a long time. That that's very believable. That's more believable than than big time Seth or whatever. You know, with the dancing and the the funny clothes and stuff. It's a fun character, but the Seth Rollins we know is a very proud guy. He's very proud of his talents, and he should be because he's he's awesome. Um, and he's just a you know, a, yeah. He came across looking good. Cody came across looking great. Um, the Rock was the best. We've seen him in a very long time. This is like next level rock shit. Uh, Roman came out worse than before. He looked like the rock, like lap dog, like rock totally outshined him. And you know, what's funny is that could also be intentional. If we're going to lean into this and eventually Roman turns baby face on the rock and we get rock Roman WrestleMania 41, uh, Anyway, I'm getting too far out of myself. Oh, so, I mean, I guess that's a good point. They could just push back Rock Roman until next year. You know, they can still get that match, and that means they still got one in their back pocket that they haven't used yet. Like, this is kind of... Like a singles match. Yeah, because this is like a... Yeah, because a singles match is different than a triple threat match for reasons I shouldn't have to explain. But, um... (laughs) But... Yeah, I mean, this is, if you look at it that way, then this one's kind of a freebie. Yeah, it is fascinating because you can go any different direction. And also, we have to notice, like, so, like, we are are five weeks into 2024. These are the things that have happened. Uh, Vince McMahon is no longer with WWE, he's embroiled in maybe the worst sex scandal that we've heard a public figure to have. Um in the United States of America. Um, the, uh, uh, um, goddamn, uh, the, the guy who started stardom, Rossi Ogawa. Rossi Ogawa is out of stardom. Uh, he's forming a new women's promotion in Japan. Uh, CM Punk is uh, back in WWE, uh, did some promos, and is injured again in his first match. Um, uh like, Dude, and seeing CM him in, and, seeing CM Punk in a suit. Uh, oh my god! Yeah, like on the kickoff show or whatever. It's like it, like he thought he was Fugazi. He's fucking Green Day, man. Like, get the <laughs> fuck out of here! You ain't no fucking. You ain't no punk, dude. You're not anti-establishment. You're wearing a suit. They paid you more. You couldn't get a. You couldn't keep a job at the other place. They paid you more, and now they got you up there in a fucking monkey suit doing the pregame for the presser. You fucking bitch. <laughs> but like this, the fact that that punk was on commentary for this. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> no, I'm burying the like, lead. <laughs> All of, all of these things, like, are just insane. But uh, and so they're in they're in T-Mobile Arena, and that commentary team has live mics that are going to the entire arena. So afterwards, when they're commenting on this, 
CM Punk is commenting, and The Rock can hear him, and you can see him like staring daggers at him in the background. He's like, "I want to see Cody Rhodes smack The Rock in the mouth," and The Rock stands yeah. there looking at CM Punk like, <laughs> "Son of a bitch!" And uh, like he's like saying shit like, "He's like your boss just put hands on you." He's like, "I'm throwing hands." He's like, "We should we should let people fight. It's good conflict resolution." I'm like, "Oh my god, all this stuff's so meta." <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> fucking ridiculous uh but anyway it was so surreal and um you know they split up and then they had the thing in the back which was which was probably the most fascinating of the entire thing was the triple h giving a very real seeming interview in the back where he starts out by saying people are going into business for themselves and he seems very perplexed and kind of you know we got to figure this stuff out and you know tensions are high and then Rock and Roman come up in the back to- background and Rock starts big time in Triple H saying you better fix this or I think he said because they were bleeping it out I think he said you better fix this or I'm going to fire you and he said you're lucky the cameras are here that's what they beeped out I, I, I thought that he either said I'm going to knock his fucking teeth out or I'm going to fire you oh that's fu- oh my god that's even better than anything I could have imagined I know. Just the fact, if that's what he said and they bleeped it, that is so smart. <laughs> it's like so <laughs> fucking smart. Oh, fuck. That made me forget what I was going to say. Um, oh, th- I texted Tender Mahal tonight. So, Cody is the, I mean, he's the spark plug here. He's the, he's, he's the catalyst for all this shit. So, I texted this to Joey tonight. I was like, in Cody's wildest dreams, when he was in WWE the first time, and he quit to go out on his own, he did a world tour, he fought in Rev Pro, he fought in New Japan, he fought in Ring of Honor, he just went everywhere. We watched him. We watched we him, met him in the <laughs> Belleville Fairgrounds. Yeah, who did he wrestle? We, we met him. He wrestled Michael Elgin. Uh, oh, he yeah. was ROH champion, and he wrestled Michael Elgin. And then we talked to them. And met him and took took the picture with him that's on our Twitter and stuff. Um, yeah, and we met Dijak. Yeah, Dijak anyway. wasn't it Dijak Ishimori or uh, not Ishimori? Uh, Marafuji. Yeah, Marafuji. Um, good show, good indie show. Yeah. So uh, Cody leaves WWE. He goes on his world tour. He fights in Belleville. Um, that was probably the highlight. Goes and starts <laughs> goes and starts a new company. Completely disrupts the, the entire space so to speak, and uh, basically creates a what seemed to be at the time a legit contender um, for a, you know to WWE. They were never going to make as much money as WWE, but creatively they were better, and there was no doubt. And they were definitely the top dog, uh, at least in my estimation, for a long time. Um, I don't know if you can say that anymore. Uh, people might call me an AEW mark for even giving AEW a chance now, but uh, I'm still I'm an AEW mark. But um, do you think that in Cody's wildest dreams, after he starts a new promotion, he comes back to WWE, and then in WrestleMania 40, he's a two-time Royal Rumble winner, as over as he could be in his life, and in WrestleMania 40, they make The Rock Roman, and it has to get stopped because Cody is too over? <laughs> Like, in his wildest dreams, could this have gone any better? I also remember when he had to, like, basically uh, 
play as a heel because like the fans were turning on him in AEW. It, I mean, it is, it is such an ascension that it, if you put it in a movie, it would seem too fake. Actually, like it actually would. It's ha- it's happened so slowly, but this is really the. Uh, he's never been hotter. No, I mean, there's very few people in the history of wrestling uh, who have been. I mean, as far as, like, modern modern wrestling, I mean, you can count on one hand the number of people who have been this hot. And now they're going to have to change Rock Roman because of it. So I'm guessing your answer is no. He could not have imagined it going any better. <laughs> like, I don't I don't even know what, what it would be. I wonder if... Um... I wonder if you just be like, like, yeah, this is this is exactly what I planned. Well, then, <laughs> good for him, man. What confidence. Yeah. Um, so I think we're in agreement. I am very excited for the road to for the road to WrestleMania. This is extremely exciting. Where you at on it? Absolutely. I mean, just look at this. Like, uh, I went from earlier this weekend to being like, oh Jesus, like really uh, letting it affect me to think that um, you know. My favorite like pastime, my favorite hobby. It's already uh, being lamented because of the event stuff. It's got the shadow cast over it, and then I'm like, well, now it's like not even as good as it could be, and now it's like even better to the point where like I've basically been sucking its dick for a half an hour talking with you. <laughs> yeah, I know. What a yo-yo. Like, this is why we. This is why we do it though. This is fucking fun, man. So strange. It is absolutely wild. This uh, just like the past. How the past one week has been um and that i mean and this is just one story in you know one company there's been a lot of other good shit but this is by far um i mean this is better than the bloodline like uh the Sami Zayn stuff and i thought that was like the best storyline wwe's had in years this this trumps it if, if they execute it well uh i mean right now it's, it's at its peak it needs you know denouement and resolution but uh, right now we are we are at peak WrestleMania season, and it's some of the best it's ever been. No doubt. All right. Well, that's gonna do it. Uh, let's get to that two count. One, two, three. Two beer. What's the two count? All right, two count. We're gonna talk about uh, Cody Rhodes for forty-five more minutes. <laughs> uh, no. Uh, we can switch gears, uh, do my, uh, my usual bit here. Um, uh, Rampage was skippable. I'm not even going to mention anything on there. Um, it did set up some stuff for later in the week, but, um, and not that it wasn't fun or anything. It was just totally skippable. There's so much other shit that we can talk about. Um, Eddie Kingston versus Brian Keith opened Collision. Collision was a good show and might've been the best show of the week if we wouldn't have had a fucking amazing dynamite um so that's one thing that i kind of i think we we think about uh with the dichotomy of wwe and AEW. um AEW is always going to have very good wrestling and sometimes it's going to have really good stories and wwe is just always gonna have those larger than life characters with the big entrances and like the bigger stars and I feel like it's kind of like just different flavors, but like there is never a week where you don't see really, really good wrestling matches on AEW. And uh, we opened with uh, Brian Kingston, Brian Keith versus Eddie Kingston. Um, you know, this was 
kind of like the story of a lot of these matches that have been kind of talking about, you know, last few weeks. We've seen kind of top guys like Kingston wrestling newer guys or guys who are, you know, in the lower card or mid card and giving them a lot, but then beating them. And the story of this was very similar, uh, but to cap it all off, uh, they announced that the bounty hunter Brian Keith is all elite. So, where you where you at on uh, Brian Keith? Uh, I I did not know him before uh, I started seeing him in AEW, and I've been impressed with his work. Um, you know, we haven't I haven't heard him talk or anything like that. Uh, but he's a solid worker, pretty fun gimmick. Um, the bounty hunter is yeah. a cool name. It is. I think I would like to see like. Uh, we're getting ahead of ourselves a little bit, but uh, like maybe like a heel Adam Page with like you know the Hangman and like the Bounty Hunter Brian Keith, and they do like this like Western cowboy thing. Look maybe at this bring, guy! Yeah, this guy with a fucking pencil. <laughs> you know, get him next to a top guy like Adam Page, and um, you know, get Page away from the uh, the Bucks and, and Kenny while Kenny's out. Um, I think that could be fun. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Yeah, he's cool. Good for him. Congratulations to Brian Keith. Yeah, good for him. Got, got a solid gig now. Um, then we had a match that I didn't know that I needed uh, versus it was Brian Danielson versus Petrosero, uh, which I will watch CMLL occasionally. Um, not often. I don't have a lot of time for that. But CMLL Friday night, it's on YouTube. Pretty fun show. Um, but uh, this Petrosero, uh, man. He is really good at the things that he does. It was just a lot of mat wrestling. Um, I mean, this was like I don't know four and a half star match on a on a random Saturday night. Yeah, I'm a Hachisero Mark. Uh, like he's basically my favorite wrestler now. This match was fucking ru- <laughs> this match fucking ruled, man. My Mount Rushmore like, is put- Kevin Owens, Matt Menard, Hachisero, and Vikingo. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to say, you got to see him. I, we skipped over Rampage, wherever your, your favorite wrestlers wrestled in a mixed tag. Yeah, so, right. <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't remember if they were in the ring together or not, but, uh, but yeah, he's uh, he's really good. Um, and, yeah, no doubt that Danielson's on this thing where he's like, all right, like, I'm going to wrestle, but I'm only going to wrestle the dudes that I want to wrestle now. And I think that's a great gimmick. Um, so. Yeah, uh, I, I think it's kind of weird because uh, Claudio came out. Um, they're they're Blackpool Combat Club is also acting heelish in this whole thing. Like the luchadors are jumping them, but Blackpool Combat Club is definitely uh like they won with a low blow last night. So they're definitely acting like heels. Oh yeah. For sure. But yeah, uh, and I could watch yeah, this match this was incredible. Yeah, that did set up a six man on Wednesday with which we'll chat about. Um, Hook beat a couple jobbers and the outrunners. Uh, Queen Aminata had like there, there was uh, two um, women's matches on Collision. Uh, something you don't ever see on Dynamite. At least I feel like there was two. Yeah, uh, Queen Aminata versus Serena D. This was a pretty good match. Queen Aminata is one of those. I don't know who to compare her to um, in the women's division, but in like. The men's division, she's very much like a, um, like a, not the same kind of wrestler, but, um, oh, what's his name that runs the ropes? Um, commander. Oh commander. He's like a commander. 
He's going to go out there. He's going to lose every time, but he's going to have a good match. Um, he, she doesn't wrestle the same, but like she's out there. I haven't seen her win yet, but she's been having really good matches on TV. So. She's on TV a lot. Yeah. She needs to get some wins. Like just yeah. have her like, she's like jobber to the stars right now, but just like heat her up a little bit. Yeah, her they they like her. She never gets squashed. That's the thing is like Tony has guys and girls that like he really likes. So he puts out there to have him get beat all the time, but he wants them on TV because he really likes them. But then he has people that he doesn't really ever want to lose that don't really do jobs. And uh, he just needs to maybe switch that up like a little bit more. Yes. Um, I think I think that's one thing. I mean, that's a valid criticism. That's it's not ast- like. That's an astute observation. That's true. Yeah, it's, just, it's not hyperbolic. It's not Tony's a bad booker. It's like he's got some patterns, and he can switch those up and surprise us every now and then. Um, and then, uh, yeah, there was another. There was a Red Velvet match, basically to get, heat her up a little bit before her match on Dynamite versus Tony Storm. Um, and then we had, uh, you know, just like every every collision, I, I, I see it every week, uh, you're going to get some good wrestling. Uh, you're going to get some surprises, maybe, but you're going to get – FDR in the main event for probably 20 plus minutes. And that was no different here. Uh, Patriarchy versus FT Garcia. And this was awesome. Uh, what a fun match. Uh, just kind of all over the place. Uh, Dale Garcia gets the win over Nick Wayne. I mean, there was a, a lot going on in here, but um, I thought it was a lot of fun. I, I like, you know, kind of fun party six man tag. So. Oh, yeah, this was a party match, and uh, Daniel Garcia fucking partied, and so did FTR. Like, they were all doing the dance at the end and shit. It was, um, <laughs> it was, I think uh, I think the entrances started with a half hour left in the show, and I was like, God damn, they are going to give these guys tons of fucking time. And they did. I mean, take out commercials. It was longer than Everybody Loves Raymond episode. Um, <laughs> that's how I judge time. Um, <laughs> like, yeah, it was, uh, oh man, we were, we were at the, in traffic forever, like three and a half Raymond. <laughs> how long does it take to get, how long does it take for you to get up to Chicago? Uh, you know, like a good, like 13 Raymonds. <laughs> yeah. Like, like season one, like, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, this match was, uh, incredible. It's, we yeah, are, we yeah. are, we are spoiled fucking rotten. I think I just, I think you just came up with a great gimmick for a pro wrestler, which is just charismatic guy who measures things in weird quantities. <laughs> <laughs> that would be, that would get over. It's like, it's not the three count. It's like 20, 40, 60. <laughs> yeah. Oh, shit. All I'll, right. I'll um, work with it. Overall, Saturday was uh, a fun show and. It was one that I didn't get to watch until Monday. I've been playing way too much uh, Persona. Um, I've put in like 25 hours in the past like four days of this video game. And so it's been hard to watch wrestling. Uh, Jesus Christ. I know. I haven't been sleeping much. Um, I've been having a lot of fun. Wow. What kind of, I mean, what's it on? This is insane. It's, a, it's on Game Pass, and that's why I want to finish it. Before it leaves Game Pass, I don't know. How I don't even know what there. that means. What's going on here? Uh, it, it, it's like it's like Netflix for Xbox, like 
they, there's just a shitload of games on there, but like they're only licensed for so much time. Some of them are on there all the time, just like Netflix. Some of them are only on there for a month or like, you know, a few weeks or whatever. I didn't um, know that this was even a thing. That shows yeah, how out of touch I am. I don't really buy video games that much. I just play what's on there. But uh, so, so you only is, you only squeezed in fifteen hours of wrestling this week, huh? Yep, you're gonna love the description of this video game. Uh, <laughs> it is uh, a Japanese RPG where you're basically like anime characters that enter into a procedurally generated dungeon with 250 levels where you fight monsters and uh, basically utilize uh, your uh, their their weaknesses like elemental weaknesses. And in doing so, you fight them by generating a persona from your own, like, uh, body, which is just this, like, giant thing that comes out of your body. And the way that you evoke your persona is you shoot yourself in the fucking head and just blow your brains out. The persona comes out, and you fight these monsters with it. And that's half the game. And the other half of the game is that you're a high school kid and you have to maintain all of your social relationships. <laughs> what? This is a joke. <laughs> and the social relationships. And the social relationships make they make your persona stronger. It's so good. Anyway, it, it takes like a, it takes like a hundred hours to beat. It's so good. Um, Sounds like you're working so anyway. something out. So you watch that instead of CMLL this week? I did. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, sorry. I just had to say because it's probably going to blow your mind because you're like, I don't even know what Game Pass is, and now this guy's talking about this. It's the wackiest thing. Like, you think pro wrestling is hard to explain? To, to, like, I'm really into this thing. That's way harder. <laughs> I kind of want to try it. <laughs> right. Um, anyway, uh, so uh, AEW Dynamite. This was. Um, it sounds like Altered not- Beast. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> If um, if Altered Beast was uh, about horny teenagers, uh, <laughs> um, isn't everything? The, <laughs> yeah, that's what it boils down to. Um, but uh, AW Dynamite, not quite a pay per view, but uh, not far from it. Um, I mean, overall, this card looked great on paper, and man, it delivered. Um, we had an opening match, which was Swerve Strickland versus Hangman Page. And um, it is, like, this match was brilliant. I, I will not talk as much about Adam Page as we did Cody Rhodes, but uh, this was a man who knew his job and who played his position perfectly. He even started it a couple weeks ago when he started growing out this thick mustache. <laughs> and he walked out there with a sour look on his face and he worked heel this entire match. He knew that the crowd was behind Swerve. They read the audience. They absolutely leaned into it. And, I mean, Hangman Page was the ultimate babyface in AEW for a long time. And he hasn't really turned. Uh, but he went out there and he played his part. They had a phenomenal match. Um, it did pretty much exactly what I thought, which was I figured it was going to go to a draw because I figured we were going to go to a three-way at the pay-per-view. But I loved the way that it happened, we can talk about all the, the physicality and stuff in the match. It was just just really great. I mean, dead eye through a table, and that was Swerve mm. giving, giving Hangman a dead eye off the table, or off the apron through a table, all kinds of shit. Uh, near falls everywhere, but then 
uh, <laughs> Swerve just does the baby face thing, which is one, you know, five more minutes. And Hangman Page's response was perfect. He was like, I told you had to beat me to face Joe at Revolution to be the number one contender. You didn't beat me. It's over for you. And he walks out. And of course, like Tony Schiavone says, no, it's not over. We're in the three-way revolution. You know, crowd pops. Although they kind of wanted to see it finish tonight. So they didn't pop like huge. Uh, they wanted to they see definitely it did. Yeah. And, uh, but then Paige does this phenomenal sell job on the apron where he's like, no, no. Like he was just full heel, whiny heel mode. Like I loved it. Uh, God, I was just hanging in Paige me. And uh, the swerve is, swerve is, uh, they're striking while the iron's hot with him. Uh, I thought this was, a fantastic opener. It was a perfect, perfectly logical storytelling. Um, really well done by all parties. Uh, I think this was probably my favorite of their three matches. Like, I think I like this more than the blood drinking match. I was way into this. This fucking ruled. Um, I, I was not even thinking about the draw. They weren't doing the they weren't saying like five minutes remaining or anything, were they? I think they called the twenty five minute mark. Yeah. Oh, I that was the only one. I think I missed it. Uh, I did not see it coming, and I was like, "Oh, they're going to this again." But if it ends up with the uh, Vegas special at Revolution, the triple threat, then I'm cool with it. Oh yeah, you're just uh, they are really catering to that. Uh, St. Charles resident audience, uh, all the all the WWE, they, like the Nielsen surveys, must just be your household. That's right. That's Red right. Booking they know what I like specifically for you. Yeah. Even though I'll watch it on a on a <laughs> like on a pirated stream. <laughs> yeah. You're like Peacock's like, five dollars. I'm not even paying for that. No, no. <laughs> actually, that, um, that is one of the ones I pay for. Actually, mine's uh, mine's included with my internet thankfully but uh yeah uh, tony storm versus red velvet not much to talk about here this was more to build uh tony storm versus diana perrazzo um they had an altercation afterwards because uh, perrazzo was on commentary but uh yeah uh not much to speak of here unless you have anything to say nope not much here uh diana perrazzo looks like a star though and uh, they're building her up like an actual threat to tony storm so i'm cool with it yeah, she looks better each week. Um, she seemed a little bit out of her element. And granted, she was in a brand new place, new stage. Like that first week, I wasn't like enthralled, uh, but she's really uh, coming into her own here and, and getting comfortable. So yeah, I've been to it. Um, then we had just the match I never knew I needed. Uh, holy shit! We talk about party matches. This was a party match. This was uh, back Blackpool Combat Club, which was. Uh, the you know the real Blackpool Combat Club, uh, which is Moxley, Danielson, and Claudio. Not right. a Wheeler unit to be found. Nope. Um, and versus, he was su- uh, he was somewhere forging. That's what he calls like. That's what he calls jerking off. Um, <laughs> But he doesn't. He doesn't like jerk off like a normal person. He just like cups his palm and like presses his dick really hard into it, yeah. and that's what does it for him. Right. Anyway, I don't know where I heard that, but it fucking cracked me up. Um, it wasn't about Wheeler Utah. I just appropriated it to uh, bully him. Anyway, um, 
<laughs> yeah, but they, they they fought Volador Jr., Hechicero, and Masaru Dorada. And, um, man, I had not seen Hechicero before Saturday. I was glad to see him again. Uh, I've seen a lot of Volador Jr. and Masaru Dorada. They're both awesome. And, holy shit, this match, you never knew what the hell was going to happen next. I had no idea. I watch wrestling 10, 12 hours a week for years and years and years, and I had no idea what I was going to see uh, every 10 seconds of this match. It was really good. Uh, like like you said, I mean, this was a fucking party match. Um, they, I mean, there's kind of a story, but not really a story, so this was just a match. I mean... There was no question as where they were going. They're just building up to a bigger and bigger match, it looks like. Um, but this was awesome. It was. Um, we had a rematch of a match that I did not see. Uh, I did not go out of my way to watch it. And um, what was it? Uh, DDT, whenever Jericho went over to Tokyo to wrestle Takeshita. Um, but uh, this, this was a rematch. And this match was also awesome in a different way. Um, I was like legitimately worried about Jericho in this. I mean, Jericho is like 50, and I mean, <laughs> we started out early with like a brain buster onto a chair on the outside, um, and then he does like a goddamn blue thunder bomb off the top rope, which looked like it sucked so bad. <laughs> it really did. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. The uh, Jericho took a fucking beating in this match. Takeshita, he looks fucking great, but it looks like it hurts. It looks like his stuff hurts. And, um, yeah, this was this was rough. This was a rough one on Jericho. <laughs> yeah, it was a really good match. Then he tapped out to his own finisher. Uh, like the old school Lion Tamer where they get you, they get you up, up high, high angle Lion Tamer. Yeah, which Jericho said he basically stopped doing because he can really only do it on little guys um, because it's hard to get bigger guys up. And uh, Jericho's not all that little. Takeshi didn't seem like he had a problem. <laughs> no, no, he didn't. Man, what a specimen that Takeshi is! It's I mean, amazing. Seriously. Like his favorite thing is like Cinnabon. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like. I feel like Takeshi and I could have like a really good like day date, like just Costco and like Cinnabon. <laughs> That's good. Um, these are the things that I dream about. I hope you um, get to experience that one day. Me too. Uh, give, give the old double dog with Takeshi. <laughs> uh, <laughs> God damn it. Um, <laughs> then uh, Tony Khan. Um, I, this is one of those times where I I was hoping for Tony Khan to use his uh, licensed music and to license uh, Flight of the Concords. It's business time because <laughs> it's he announced business. Uh, <laughs> it's, business it's business time. time. I know what you're trying to say. You're trying to say it's time for business and it's business time. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> So good. Uh, but yeah, Tony Khan announces that uh, March 13th, there will be a show called AEW Big Business, and it will be in Boston. And Boss is B O S T O N, and the S's are dollar signs. And uh, he says this will change, be not only a historic night for AEW, but it will be an historic night for pro wrestling. So 
the BOSS is very obviously planting the seed for um, Mercedes Monet. Uh, they did this thing with CM Punk where they announced the date and the show, but they didn't say that he was actually going to be there. And everybody expected him to be there because, you know, like Kenny was wearing like a CM a Cookie Monster shirt. Yeah. You know, they did all these like little little things. They're doing that with Mercedes, but I feel like with the dollar sign, do you think we're getting Okada also? Oh, wow. Uh, man, I didn't think about that. Uh, yeah, I guess it could be both of them. That would be pretty fucking wild. I think just with the fact that he said not just AEW, but wrestling, I think, you know, he's going to do the thing that he did with, uh, remember Daniel Bryan and Adam Cole and how fucking cool that was? Yeah. Um, I think we're going to get Mo- Mercedes at the beginning because the fans, they'll be like the CM Punk thing where they'll just chant for the whole time if they don't. And then there's going to be some like angle probably with Jericho because he will fucking politic his way into it. And there'll be like some Jericho thing. And then we're going to get that fucking coin drop right at the end. Like Okada's going to come out for a save. That uh, coin drop is so perfect. Yeah. Uh, that would be fucking incredible. Yeah. I think that's, uh, I mean, March 13th, that's like, I know that they're, they're called this a uh, big business. So that that's pretty close to like, St. Patrick's Day too. Um, I don't know if that's St. Patrick's Day weekend or, or the week. If you're doing it in Boston. It's kind of crazy. Anyway, uh, that uh, that's going to be huge. That's going to be a big show. Yes, uh, five weeks away. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Just about five weeks. So yeah, uh, time to build. And man, it's funny because I watched that on just last night. I watched that and I was like, holy shit! I was like, man, I was like. Uh, WWE might be fucking shit up with like their hottest shit. You know, they might be fucking things up. I was like, Tony Khan's about to like, you know, flip the world on its head again because he'll bring these two in. You know, he's getting Osprey. There's people coming back from injury. Yeah. I was like, man, he's really loaded. And then we had today, and I'm like, oh no, WWE fucking yes. still yeah. hot. Yeah. Um, but we had a uh, big Bill and Ricky Starks versus Sting and Darby Allen. Is a tornado tag. It was exactly what you thought. Um, it was, you know, one of those crazy Darby Allen and Sting matches. Uh, Sting jumped off a balcony. Uh, Big Bill went through a table. Um, it was exactly what you thought. And, um, you know, for a minute, I thought that Sting was going to lose to Starks because I kind of thought that maybe he would put them over in this match because. He should probably he should not lose his retirement match, or at least I don't think so. So you know what what's the point? Uh, but maybe he will put the bucks over instead, which is which is fine. I'm sure he gets to choose whatever he's doing, and that's totally fine with me. Uh, but I believe whatever Ricky speared him after he did the um, he did like the stinger splash yeah. into the exposed turnbuckle, and then Ricky speared him. I was like, oh shit! I was like, he's gonna pin him and I actually think Sting had a legitimately hard time kicking out because yes. he took like such a bump I was like oh my god he killed him um, but really the the angle for this afterwards it was less about the the win and I don't even really think um, I mean I feel like half the crowd is going crazy and the other half is like oh man like they were still into Big Bill and Ricky Starks yeah, uh, but think, they think yeah I think Big Bill and Ricky Starks are kind of over and I think people really wanted them to hold on to the titles. They're having a fun run. 
Yeah, absolutely. So, and I, I, I'm not arguing with that. I actually would not have minded, um, you know, Starks pinning Sting. Um, I don't think that would have done. Nah, yeah, uh, that would have been awesome. It, yeah, but uh, but they did not. And uh, afterwards, the uh, Young Bucks, I'm sorry, uh, Nicholas and Matthew uh, came out, and they were in white suits, and they beat Sting and Darby bloody. And they were just covered in their blood with the white suits. They beat them with white baseball bats. And uh, this was a brilliant angle. And they did uh, not the BTE trigger because BTE is dead. Uh, they did the EVP trigger, which is I wrote a it little down. thing yeah. that is beautiful. Oh, my God. Yes. Uh, uh, EVP trigger is brilliant. Um, I especially like them beating the shit out of Sting's large adult sons. <laughs> Uh, that was, yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> well, I guess Sting's large adult sons came into the ring afterwards. You know, they're in their 30s. They're like, nice job, Dad. And then uh, they got to take some bumps uh, from Nicholas and Matthew. Brilliant stuff. Looked awesome. Yeah, they had just they had just got back from the Gap where they bought, like, two sizes, two small, plain black T-shirts to wear to the wrestling show. They looked awesome. Uh, it's like, what, what did, they, did they come there wearing like WWE shirts and they had to like give them new shirts? Like, what the fuck were they wearing? Like, yeah. Cool angle, though. Yeah, looking forward to yeah, that it match. Uh, it's going to be a fun one. And that's, that's Sting's last match, right? That is Sting's last match in Greensboro Coliseum. Do you think that you'll cry? Um, I probably won't cry, but I will. Uh, it will be emotional. He was like, him and Shawn Michaels were my favorite wrestlers before Stone Cold was like everybody's favorite wrestler, and then it was Stone Cold. But, um, but yeah, it was uh, Sting and uh, Sting and Shawn Michaels uh, on you know the two sides of the coin, and I never got to see that match. Whenever I was a kid, I was like, how? Because I thought it was real. I'm like, how awesome would it be if they were just in the same company and then they could fight and be so good? Yeah, we never got. I don't know. I wouldn't. They could do it in Saudi Arabia someday. <laughs> yeah, like ten years from now. Yeah, they, they can still go. Right. Uh, okay, that's going to do it for our two count. One, two, three. Okay, so NXT Vengeance Day was this weekend. The big story coming out of this was uh, Zach, Jason, and I all. Uh, picked DiJack versus Gacy wrong. Uh, Gacy lost. Can't believe DiJack actually won a match. But no, that is not the biggest news. The biggest news is that Ilya Dragunov hangs on to his title, uh, goes over Trick Williams, and then we get the big Carmelo Hayes turn angle at the end of the pay-per-view. Zach, what did you think about the match, and what did you think about the angle? I don't know if I picked any of these matches right. <laughs> it's been really bad. You had a rough um, night. Yeah, um, the the match was uh, really good. I don't know if I like this one or the first one better, um, but uh, really solid match. The first one I was like, "Holy shit!" Ilya Dragunov's got that really good match out of Trick Williams, and then this time I'm like, "Oh, Trick Williams rules!" Um, you know, like he's just way way more improved. Uh, but, um, but yeah, still Angle a little good. sloppy. Still a little sloppy. Yeah, I mean, he's just got a lot more star power and got a lot more momentum and stuff. But, yeah, he is still a little sloppy for sure. Um, but, uh, yeah, it makes sense. I thought this could be his big night, but uh, that really would have been too soon, uh, you know, in hindsight. The way they're playing it now, 
is really good because it seems like, you know, now uh, we can have Carmelo maybe take the title uh, from Ilya and, or you just have Carmelo and Trick, uh, you know, be the, the WrestleMania main event, uh, WrestleMania uh, weekend main I event. Th- I think we might be looking at another triple threat. Could be. I was thinking maybe Carmelo takes it off of, off of Ilya before then, and then Trick gets his big win over Carmelo. Carmelo goes up, and Trick stays down there as the big dog for the while. Yeah, that would be all right. Um, so but it was good. Yeah, it was good. Match is really good. Ilya Dragunov is the man. Um, family uh, goes over out the mud in a six-man mixed. I don't have much to say about this. I, I like Tony D'Angelo a lot, though. Yeah, I don't know why I picked out the mud. I think I think I was I was actually pretty baked, and I was like, I just like saying out the mud, which was just a <laughs> fucking stupid thing to do. <laughs> uh, Obafemi goes over Dragon Lee. That was Zach and I's Stone Cold Lead Pipe Lock of the Week. Obafemi, uh, I think that's like his seventh television match or something. He uh, he's got a great look, and looks like he's got a lot of upside. He absolutely does, and you know it's hard to have a bad match with Dragon Lee, but. He does for like for big guys that have come through their system. Uh, a lot of them really are not that good, and uh, he seems like he has a lot of promise. And uh, you know, putting that title on him, um, you know, good to you know kind of sink or swim situation. And right now he is swimming. Yep, uh, Lyra Valkyra. Uh, I think I'm saying that right. Goes over Roxanne Perez. We all had that picked. Uh, what do you think about this match? I thought this match was really good. Yeah, um, I was not – whenever this was on, I wasn't uh, able to tune in uh, to it fully. But from what I saw, uh, they were working real hard, and uh, I was into it. I didn't, actually didn't even get to see the finish of it. I knew what happened, but I just missed out. I was busy. Uh, and you picked this one wrong, too. I'm not trying to rub it in. Just uh, Jason, I picked it right. Uh, the Wolf Dogs go over Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams in the opener. Uh this really didn't tell me anything about what was going to happen later on in the night, so um, I was still way into the main event, and sometimes they can fuck stuff like that up. I thought that this was awesome. I love the fucking Wolf Dogs. Wolf Dogs, Mark. Yeah, it's funny. The first half of this match, I was not into it as much. Like There was like some sloppy stuff. and like. Um, oh, it was, was sloppy. Like, I like the uh, I liked the Wolf Dogs more than I care to admit, um, but by the end of it, I was like very into it. Yes, yeah, so they are the uh, they won the Dusty Cup, and they are going. It looks like they're going to wrestle the family uh, coming up soon. Uh, that happened on NXT. So I don't know what they're doing. I can't see the Wolf Dogs winning because it seems like Braun's on his way up. So I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Um, same. This seems seems kind of weird. Um, maybe they'll that'll be the job that he does, like on his way up, instead of doing a job for you know in the in the title picture. Um, that would be a pretty but, good win uh, for the family. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, that Dijak Joe Gacy match. It's so funny. Uh, Joe Gacy like wrestling like CZW for like twelve years, and they only now decided after many many terrible gimmicks in NXT 2.0 to like put him in a hardcore match, and it was really good. Yeah, uh, I, I really don't know what they're doing with Dijak. Um, he should be at the top of the card all the time. He should not be wrestling Joe Gacy. Seems like he should have just been called up a while ago. I don't know what the deal is. I don't know. You know, because, like, they can use a guy like him, even if he's not winning. 
Like, you could, you know, be wrestling on main events or, like, I don't know. Oh, like, yeah. He's got the look, man. He's, yeah, and he's, he's got experience. It. He doesn't yeah. need to work. He doesn't need to, like, work on things. Maybe they see some – maybe there's stuff that they see that he needs to, like, work on or, you know, maybe – Maybe like they're working on his attitude. I don't know what he is like as a as a person or whatever. Um, his his whenever I was on Twitter, he was always pretty entertaining. But I, I haven't been on there in a, in a while. But um, yeah. Anyway, um, uh, grade the pay per view. Uh, pay per view overall, I'd say it was a solid B. Yeah, it was like a B B minus. Uh, it was pretty good. The main event delivered. Um, and that's, uh, that's always the most important thing. Um, also that, very digestible. Like I, I'm really into like the three hour shows. That's awesome. Big time. That's going to do it for our three count. One, two, three. Uh, just some odds and ends here. We are getting DIY versus Tyler Bate and Pete Dunn, uh, in a number one contenders match. I think that's on SmackDown tomorrow night. Uh, that's cool. Uh, I'm picking bait and done. Who you got? Yeah, that sounds great. Um, yeah, I mean, they're doing something, uh, especially with Pete Dunn. So, um, unfortunately, they're not doing anything with DIY, even though we we all know uh, how good those uh, those guys are. Pete Dunn fucking rules. Uh, we're getting a Gunther Jay Uso feud for the Intercontinental Championship. Um, what do you think about this? And is there any chance that Jay takes it off of him? I actually think there's a good chance that he does. Um, and I didn't think about this until they cut, they teased it. And I was like, Oh, I was like, that would be, I mean, JSO doesn't need like a huge rub, but as far as like a singles career, like if they're going to go that trajectory and like, you know, he's wrestled for, he's, you know, he's made him in JSO. He's wrestled for the heavyweight belt before, but he's never really held like a single title. Um, so, you know, something like that, uh, I feel like he's a little, I would rather than give that rub to somebody who has a lot of promise and who is less established, like, you know, a Braun breaker, um, or even like a Pete Dunn or like a Tyler Bate or like one of those guys. But, um, I'd say there's a solid, I'd go 50, 50 on it, even odds that he takes it off of him. Yeah. If he takes it off him, it's not perfect, but it ain't bad either. Like, no. um, I could see him be he'd be a perfect IC champion and it would really like it would continue like yeah you'd love to see it on a guy like Pete Dunn but if Gunther's going to hold her for that long and then Jay Uso's taking it off him it really makes it look pretty big makes it look like a pretty big title yeah cuz i mean Jay has been in main event angles for like Two, yeah, three years. exactly. Uh, and like building it up and then giving it to another up and coming guy. Maybe they just want to like establish it with more than one guy. You know what I mean? So I would be uh, completely cool with it. Um, we talked about all the main event stuff. We didn't talk about McIntyre coming in and uh, busting up Cody after Cody and Shinsuke Nakamura have their bull rope match. Uh, are are we getting Cody versus McIntyre at Elimination Chamber? Um, that could be, yeah, it seems like I never thought about it for a pay-per-view. I was just kind of thinking that, uh, that, that would be like the feud on raw, uh, you know, to kind of get us through to WrestleMania, like the next handful of weeks or whatever. Right. Um, let me see. I feel like wouldn't Drew be in the, the chamber match? Yeah. I mean, 
I suppose they could both be in the chamber match. I mean, would Cody be in the chamber match? That would be kind of weird. Nah, he already won the Rumble. Yeah. So Besides, He's going to be in a tag with Seth Rollins and The Rock and yeah, Roman no. Reigns. I wonder if we broke that news. I think <laughs> I think we're going to claim that because I, I think uh, I think it's on. Um, you know what? Uh, not a whole lot. Anything else that you want to uh, touch on from WWE proper? Uh, no, I don't think so. I mean, it's really top heavy right now. Um, but that doesn't matter because the top is great. Oh, uh, we did have uh, there was Bailey uh, finally getting oh, yeah. turned on oh, or yeah. turning on. Poor Bailey. Yeah, so poor Bailey. We yeah. almost forgot about her. I know and that isn't that the whole story of like <laughs> Bailey right now. Like she got she gets left off the WrestleMania posters. Like Bianca Belair doesn't even have a match, and she did not win the Royal Rumble, but she's like on all the WrestleMania posters. Yeah. <laughs> Poor Bailey. This was a really good segment too. It was, and uh, although I'm not sure know, if her learning Japanese and being like, I know what you guys have been saying, but like 15 minutes prior when they showed them backstage, she heard what they were saying and they were talking in English. So it's like she heard the most like incriminating thing in English. Like you didn't have to learn Japanese. They were gonna fuck up eventually. I just want to see like uh, like <laughs> so. I just imagine uh, there's some like celebrity uh, <laughs> wheel of fortune where um, it says like Bailey and then equal sign and then it's blank blank G G E R <laughs> and there's like <laughs> it's like. Bruce Pritchard's just sweating his ass off. <laughs> He's like, I'd like to solve the puzzle, but I don't want to say it. <laughs> uh, Bailey, uh, so it's going to be Bailey versus EO. Um, what do you think about Karrion Cross and the Authors of Pain being called the Final Testament? Oh, yeah. <laughs> they came out to, like, a match that, like, never happened. It was just, like, a brawl. And they're like, okay, <laughs> yeah. well, I guess we're not doing the match. Isn't the whole point of wrestling is sanctioned fighting? Right. Like, so, like, they get they get to a little scuffle beforehand. Like, okay, guys, you can't do this. Like, oh, let's ring the fucking bell. Um, <laughs> you know who I predict is going to be really into the final testament? <laughs> Steve. <laughs> oh yeah, Steve. Like, Steve, if you're still listening an hour and 18 minutes into it or whatever, uh, I bet you're real into the Final Testament. Absolutely, that is. Uh, <laughs> you are 100 percent right. Uh, but yeah, I mean, those guys. Uh, it's funny because like Authors of Pain have been like signed for a long time. Like Triple H signed them a while back. Um, I feel like uh, he's like I gotta get these guys on TV uh, or like TKO is just gonna cut them. Like, yes. like, what are these guys doing? Right, um, right. But at least they're on they're on TV. Um, I've never been a big Karrion Cross guy. Um, he's just fine. But um, Authors of Pain, I you know they're they're very good. At, you know that kind of modern road warriors gimmick where they just like run over everybody, the big tough dudes. Um, I yeah. like them a lot, and I think that enhances. Uh, I think that enhances the Karrion Cross act more than Scarlet, and she does a good job, but. Yeah, it's yeah. fine. Uh, I think that that's better than I like Lashley and and uh, Street Profits, but like Street Profits were way hotter when they were just baby face party guys. 
Yeah, I don't know what they're doing with them, except maybe Montez is busy. Yeah, remember when Montez would be like, we should be talking about Montez taking the IC title off of Gunther, but oh, that yeah. hasn't even like, you know, where's his, you know, singles thing? You know, he's just been kind of languishing. Yes. Oh, yeah, for sure. And Dawkins is cool, too. He's a great wrestler. I, yeah, no no, no shade at Dawkins. He's not a Marty Jannetty. Nope. He is not. Poor he Jim. did not kill that man behind that bowling alley. <laughs> <laughs> man from ringside. We got some birthdays this week. The Big Show, uh, fifty-two. That's it. Only fifty-two. Do you think Big That's Show crazy. had? Do you think Big Show had more than fifty-two face heel turns in his career? <laughs> Uh, I think he might have had him uh, 52 weeks in a year, so that was probably happened in, what, like 2007? I mean, he probably had 52 heel face turns. That's actually pro- yeah. that's a pretty good question, actually. Um, classy Freddie Blassie would have been 106. Jim the Anvil Neidhart, RIP, would have been 68. Sensational Sherry, RIP, 66. Uh, Ishimori is 41. Ken Shamrock, still hanging on. Good for you, Ken Shamrock. I hope you're thriving somewhere. He's still alive, right? <laughs> Oh yeah. Uh, uh, sixty years old. Akeem, the one man gang. Um, <laughs> uh, he sixty four. Uh, Tommy Dreamer is fifty three, and Viscera, one of this podcast favorites. Uh, R.I.P. Uh, it would have been fifty two. Is Viscera Mabel? Yes. Okay. Hey, everybody. We know there's tons of podcasts to listen to, so we appreciate you guys listening to our podcast. For Bo, for Tinder Mahal, for Lucha, the Lucha Chris, for Murray, the Murray Man Murray. For... Who else did I forget? Jason Cornelius. Well, I was going to get to him. Jason Cornelius Bell. We'll see you next week, JCB. For two beers, Zach Pullman, I am Bill Veggie. Uh, Black Lives Matter, support your local weed dealers, support your local restaurants, call your parents, and never, ever forget to move the heels.